Welcome to Ripple Effect Connection. I'm your host, Christy Hugic. Our mission is to empower you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that can truly enrich your life. I'm excited to bring you another episode of Coach's Corner. This is the series that opens the door to a treasure trove of wisdom and practical guidance from some of the most influential coaches in their fields. Today, I'm thrilled to reunite with the incredible Debbie Marlowe, a seasoned wellness expert with over three decades of experience, and she just happens to be a regular contributor on this podcast. Together, we have collectively guided hundreds of clients through transformative health journeys. Today, we're diving into a crucial area, metabolic health. Glucose and blood sugar stabilization is not just a concern for those suffering from diabetes. Before we begin our conversation, let me emphasize our real-time experiences in this area and this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice or labs. Consult your doctor about how to improve your metabolic health. Both Debbie and I have experimented with monitoring our glucose in trying to improve our metabolic health. In fact, I have a CGM on right now as we speak. I like data. I like feedback, and the CGM lets me know exactly what my body is doing and how it reacts to certain foods. But what happens if you monitor your CGM, you're doing all the things through diet and exercise, and you're still struggling? Debbie was there. She will talk about her real-time, honest feedback on Ozempic, one of the hottest topics out there right now. In a world grappling with metabolic health crisis, You will hear some numbers in this podcast that will blow you away about how serious a problem this is. So consider this information and a call to action. We have to stop the onslaught of chronic disease in this world. So we're unraveling the essentials, giving you actionable steps, and we're also sharing the ways to see if your check engine light is on. Here now is my Coach's Corner with Debbie Marlowe. Another Coach's Corner episode and bringing back a familiar face to the podcast and a familiar voice for those of you that are listening. I told you all that my good friend Debbie Marlowe would be back to riff about another topic. And here we are, Debbie. So happy holidays and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. We we threatened everybody with more of these. So, you know, it is time. Happy holidays. I'm very excited for 2024 and very excited to talk to you always. Yeah, and we've got a a topic that I think, you know, has been popular amongst our peers and amongst you and I, uh, definitely in the last couple of years. So today we're going to talk about metabolic health. We're going to talk about why glucose is actually way more important to everyone than you initially thought. I think people just thought, maybe I thought that way too, maybe you did too. Glucose really only had to do with those people that are diabetic, and that's not the case. Uh, We are dealing with a metabolic health crisis overall in this country. And so we do think it's an important topic. We don't want to portray ourselves like we are the experts. There are plenty of experts out there, but we are going to talk about kind of like our personal experiences in this field. But I would say that we probably need to give them the basics, Debbie. So, so what? let's help them understand kind of what glucose is. Metabolic conditions are things like heart disease, diabetes, usually the top five or six things that, that kill us <laughs> or try to kill us. And glucose is how your body regulates your sugar intake and your carb intake. Um, 
So it's very important, and you probably know somebody who's diabetic because we all know people that are diabetic, and you and probably know people that actually have either insulin pumps or inject themselves with insulin. And that's because their, their glands and their function on how to regulate sugar has gone off the rails, it's offline, and you actually have to bring glucose in and manage it through medical ways. And while somebody can live, um, you know, fairly healthy with diabetes, and I mean, they really have to watch things, but it's not somewhere you want to be. And I think what Christy and I have stumbled on in all of our work and and learnings is that a lot of us are pre-diabetic. And I know for me personally, I started, you know, as a massage therapist and started realizing that people needed nutrition and um, other types of information to help them with their health. And I realized very quickly that blood sugar regulation is a huge part of being a healthy person. It is. And I, I think it's something that, you know, again, the average person probably wasn't thinking this way before, but we're starting to come across this. Um, some labs that maybe doctors can run that can help you take a look at these things. You know, you can run insulin levels, which is a hormone that can be run uh, something like A1C. There is a, a range and a number that's normal for most people. And if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, that number is going to be higher. Some of you, when you get your cholesterol tested, will get your fasting glucose number. And a fasting glucose number can be important because that is giving you an indicator of what's happening kind of when things are supposed to be even keel because certain foods are going to make your glucose rise and that's normal the a little rise and a hump and bump like for those of you wanting to to draw a picture okay if you're this is even if you're not diabetic okay you want the curve to be kind of flat and rolling little rolling hills not like great adventure roller coasters spikes up and down and the, those roller coasters up and down are what can make you fatigued in the afternoon if you're coming down from one of those spikes. So what foods do this? What foods don't? That's part of the th stuff that we're going to talk about today and why it's important to kind of dial in. And I think the dangerous thing, and see if you agree with me on this, the dangerous thing about these glucose spikes is they are doing negative things but it's not like, you know, when you get kicked in the shin, you want to stop it and you want to tell people, don't kick me in the shin. These things are kind of happening quietly behind the scenes until you see what's going on and they turn into a larger problem, which you were referring to, Debbie, which is the metabolic, the signs of metabolic disease and that me metabolic health epidemic that we have going on, where suddenly this turns into cardiovascular, type 2 diabetes, all these conditions that we're seeing in the world, symptoms like brain fog, anxiety, depression, infertility, I mean, so many things that can be traced back to this. So I guess what have you learned about the the importance of this and, and just how much has that changed in your world? Well, and I know Christy agrees with this, so I'm going to say this is a humongous topic, humongous we're just trying to bring two people's opinions or things that have worked for us, things we've tried because, like you, we were like, okay, what's the deal with this? And we dove in to see. And what I found was um, 
like there was an elimination diet that I used to do fairly regularly, and I used to use coconut aminos. Loved coconut aminos because I was trying not to eat soy, et cetera, et cetera. So I would drown stuff in coconut aminos. When I decided to do my blood sugar experiment, um, I did that with a CGM, which we'll get into later, nothing in the world spikes me as much as coconut aminos. Now, are coconut aminos not healthy? No, they're healthy, but they're not healthy for me. And I think the most important thing for everybody on this planet to do is to do a three-month experiment, try all the foods that you love, and learn about what's good for your body as opposed to, you know, maybe coconut aminos don't spike Christy, but they spike me. So I realize that's something that I probably don't want to continue, you know, it'll be a once in a while food instead of something that I use weekly. Um, and that's the beauty of learning about your blood sugar regulation. Um, it's easy, you know, it's an easy test, like she, like Christy said, um, you know, your A1C, you can take a look at that and it'll tell you what I think is, I think, I think I read somewhere, what was it? Um, eight in 10 people are, are pre-diabetic in America and the two that aren't are already diabetic. And I mean, that speaks volumes to me. Um, it's probably maybe seven and there's one person that isn't pre-diabetic, <laughs> but it's huge. It's a huge epidemic here. And if you haven't taken a look at your blood sugar and we'll again explain ways to do that, I think it's a very good experiment to try for three months or even six months because once you dive into that, you're going to be like, wow, this is really interesting. If you geek out on health stuff at all, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you do, then I think this is an experiment you'll want to try if you haven't already. Yeah, and I'm going to lay out a couple of other numbers because you touched on them and I'm going to just read some of these that I researched so that I could give everyone some concrete <laughs> numbers that came from a study. So there's a study by the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. This study, I want you all to keep in mind, this is a study that was conducted from 2009 to 2016, which is seven years ago. And so I'm going to tell you that these numbers are probably more, they're, they're higher now. I guarantee you they are. So that was, we are consuming sugar at 10 times the amount more, 10 times more the amount daily than a hundred years ago. Okay. There's a bunch of sneaky ways that it's put into foods. And there are so many people that will say, I don't eat a lot of sugar, but they don't realize that it's hidden in there. Another podcast for another day, <laughs> but that is the case. Okay. There's over 50 different names for sugar out there. Okay. So less ingredients, always more simple way to do it. In this study, one of eight Americans are achieving metabolic health. One out of eight. So flip those numbers, okay? Poor metabolic health can lead to type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. We already talked about that. So let's flip the numbers. That means 88% of Americans are not metabolically healthy. That blows my mind. And I say that was seven years ago. Right. I am scared as to what... it's got to be worse now. And so what are the signs of poor metabolic health that you might be seeing? Brain fog, fatigue, low energy, weight loss resistance, shifts in the mood, adult acne. I just had a conversation with a client about this the other day who was saying, oh gosh, we're, we were, we've been doing all these things. And he mentioned to me, I have no acne anymore. And it's because, you know, we did start to shift some of these things, fatigue, brain fog, 
always in there. Infertility, chronic pain, increased appetite, a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Debbie referenced there are ways to do this and ways to look at this. Besides the blood work that we referenced, Debbie, I know we talk CGM, but what are some of the ways that we people can do this three-month experiment you're talking about? The quickest, easiest, cheap, or I don't want to say easiest, the quickest, cheapest way to do this is um, finger stick. And you've, if you've been around a diabetic, you've probably seen them do that. Um, and it's easy to do. Um, you just kind of prick the side of your finger or wherever, and you've got a little um, little piece of tape, for lack of a better word, that you put the blood on, and then you've got a little glucose reader, and it will tell you what your glucose is. Personally, what I've done is a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor. So it is this little gadget that you put together, and you pop it on the underside of your arm, and it sticks there for two weeks, and it monitors 24 seven. Um, they even have ones now that are that will actually send the information to your app or whatever you're using constantly. Um, the I had I used the um, what's the name of Freestyle Libre, which is one of the older ones and you would you would scan it but it will give you all of your information and the Dexcoms I think um, just send it all the time. But it's you put it on and you don't have to worry about it. Um, and it will give you all of this information. So you'll get, depending on um, what app you're using, but for instance, the Freestyle Libre, I'm going to just talk about that one. I used it with Levels, um, which is a service that, that can do that. But you watch your, your levels. And what you're looking for is to keep your graph as, as Christy said, you want it to be a very, very, you want it to be a kiddie roller coaster. You don't want any big bumps. Okay, and if you have some big bumps, you want them to kind of be rolling hills. That's a little bit better. If you have a sharp incline and a sharp decline, that is glycation, and that is not a good thing. That means that's something that you want to maybe do a few more experiments with and see how they can fit in your life. Not to say you can't ever have that food again, but you're going to need to put some guardrails around it or have it once in a great while. Yeah, and I think I did the Freestyle Libre also for everyone. And so, like, again, I, you know, I don't have any signs in my blood work of prediabetes per se or, or any insulin resistance, which I'll talk about in a second. But I wanted to know how certain foods were working for me metabolically and wanted to see a picture of my metabolic health. And like I said, it's really easy to ignore this. When you're not looking at this, I wouldn't know that coconut aminos did exactly to me what Debbie referred to. To the point I haven't used them since. I haven't okay. used them since I saw it on the on my CGM. And I used to use coconut aminos all the time. And I will say the meal that I used the coconut aminos with was actually a good glucose meal that had plenty of greens, plenty of vegetables, protein, fat, checked all the boxes. Egg yeah, roll and in the bowl, wasn't it? Uh, it was like was an, an egg, egg roll, roll in a bowl. bowl. It was. That's what I would use, like ground meat <laughs> with the, um, I use this sweet kale mix mm -hmm. that you can get from Costco. I like to cook that. I like to put it with coconut aminos. I like to put it with some ground beef. Sounds wonderful, except for the coconut aminos part, which... I figured out was what was spiking my glucose. So it can be really surprising and eye-opening what may not be good for you. The 
Freestyle Libre, the other thing that um, Debbie was mentioning, levels, levels will help you get the prescription. So I've had people say to me, well, I'm not diabetic. How would I get that covered by insurance, et cetera? I actually have, um, my insurance actually covers the prescription for the Freestyle Libre, but levels will help you get that. So I want everyone to understand Levels is a service that helps you monitor what's happening on your CGM. It is not the CGM. So the CGM you can get through Levels, but you could use a CGM without Levels. Levels is a a subscription-based service that's going to help you monitor what you're doing. I like it. It does a lot of great things. But if you absolutely, you don't need it to monitor, like Freestyle Libre has an app Okay. So, but the good thing about levels, it really allows you, gives you tips. It allows you to log your food pretty efficiently and levels will give you some insights. The other thing I want to stress is that there are things that spike glucose that have nothing to do with food. And so that is the other thing I think, Debbie, for me, that was shocking. What did you find out on that end of things? Before I get into that, I did want to say, like, I'm working with a client right now. And one of the first things I, you know, I saw she's pre, she's diabetic, actually. She's not on medication. But I got her on a CGM. And what she did was she called her doctor and got a prescription sent over to Walgreens or wherever she picked it up. I showed her on Marco Polo how to put it on. Um, which was super easy. And then you can follow everything through the Freestyle Libre app. And if you're working with a coach, there's a Freestyle Libre link up. So I can watch what your glucose is doing, which is really helpful. I would suggest, and this is just my humble opinion, but if you're not working with a coach and you're learning how to do this, an app like Levels is going to be so much help because they give you experiments to try. They explain things to you. It's just a better experience all the way around because you're going to learn more. Um, of course, it does. I don't even know what it costs anymore. I know it was like 150 or $200, um, you know, to be a subscriber, et cetera. So I'm, I don't want to speak to that. But if you're not going to work with a coach on it, I would say spend, if, spend the money and do levels or something similar to that. Um, okay, so back to your question, which is, Yes, food is very important, and we're going to do the experiments with that. But what you also learn is how alcohol affects you. What you learn is how sleep affects you, how exercise affects you. Like I did a workout, and I was like, why is this spiking? I'm doing good things. But it's supposed to spike for exercise because your body needs glucose to do that. So that's a, that's a good spike. But stress will put you out of the park or at least me I shouldn't speak for everybody but so there's so any lifestyle indicators will show up in your blood sugar so is nutrition a big one yes but so are other things um Christy and I I don't know if you remember this but when we got our um sauna blankets we got in our sauna blankets and then it was like hey why (laughs) this is spiking um because I kind of thought that you know sauna's so good for you but then I was looking at my, my glucose monitor and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is good because it's acting like a workout. So there's lots to learn, a whole lot to learn about yourself with a CGM or uh, just monitoring your glucose. 
Yeah, and I think um, I want to go back, sort of backing up a little bit. I want people to understand glucose is a good thing, that it's necessary, okay? This is your body's primary source of energy, but just like anything, too little is not good and too much is not good. So it's the primary source of energy, but it's also like a simple sugar that comes from the breakdown of the carbohydrates that we eat. So obviously... Sometimes when we're modulating with clients and trying to help them get their glucose down, you are going low carb, lower carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. That being said, certain carbohydrates are better than others. And the right. glucose monitor can help you figure that out because we're not saying that all carbs are bad. But if you get your carbs from your single ingredient whole foods, mm-hmm. it's likely going to result in less of a glucose spike than most. And what you'll also notice is that the amount you have of that food can factor in. So if you're having a small amount, we're going to talk about the ways you can eat that and have less of a spike if you're going to have a sweet potato. So there's a lot. There's a lot more than we can get in a podcast, but we're going to help you find other sources also that will help you learn how to do this. The last thing I wanted to say before we, this is like finishing laying out the basics. (laughs) When glucose enters your bloodstream, okay, it's your pancreas, that releases insulin. So that insulin is like a traffic cop. I call it the traffic cop. It's kind of going to tell the the glucose where to go. When that gets dysregulated or when you become insulin resistant, what happens is you're getting excess glucose stored and you're not converting it as quickly to the energy that you need. Okay. So glucose itself is processed three different ways. You can store it as ATP for energy in the cells. You can store it in the muscle and liver as glycogen, which is kind of like a a store for later on, or you can be stored in fat cells as triglycerides. So just so people understand when insulin resistance comes up, it just means that modulating mechanism is not quite working like it's supposed to. And that's why it's important to get that done on your blood work, get your insulin levels tested, get your A1C tested, your fasting glucose. Um, Debbie, you you mentioned the finger prick. So like what Debbie's saying, 100%, I think the best way is is the CGM. I did the Freestyle Libre. You do have to scan it. The only detriment is if you get a long night of sleep, you are going to miss a little bit of time because you haven't scanned it because I believe it's six hours. I forget. I think so. I think it's six hours. Yeah, and the Dexcom is a little more pricey, but the Dexcom does 24 hours. But I would check your insurance and see what's there because when I renewed my prescription for my Freestyle Libre, I didn't pay anything. So certain insurances will cover it, but I also know they're changing it all the time. So you do have to check. So it is something that you can, you can kind of check out. And just to give you a little example, because so you know what we're talking about here, you can buy a a finger stick glucose monitor for probably what, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I have insurance, but we're self-employed. So you know how that goes. So basically we just pay for all our own stuff. And the last time I got the, see, I got the Freestyle Libre CGM at Costco and it was $80 for two, I want to say. I think it was $80 for two. So that's the, so that's a month. So 80 bucks a month for that um, is kind of, you know, just an approximate. So you have an idea. Because it's, right. And I mean, it's probably the best 80 bucks you'll ever spend to learn about your health. Right. Honestly. That's what I'm saying. It's worth checking. It's worth mm-hmm. checking because I had no idea. I went to Costco to renew my prescription and they're like, yeah, zero. I'm like, what? 
Like I had no idea. So (laughs) it's worth checking if you do have the insurance. It's always worth investigating that. Um, I think too, like when I started, it was before I got a CGM, I started with the Keto Mojo because I was also looking at my um, ketones. Dr. Cole wanted me to be in ketosis for a while and I was looking at my ketones also. So I was finger pricking a lot in the morning checking my ketones, checking my glucose. Now the finger pricking, again, the detriment is like finger pricking every time after before and after you eat a meal can be a little monotonous. And that's Mm -hmm. why the CGM with what we're saying with the Bluetooth or with the Dexcom works a little bit better. So Debbie, what were the indicators for you of metabolic health that you were seeing through your CGM And what were the indicators that things were working well for you? Well, I started with, um, I started with levels when they first started just because I was curious. I was like, this sounds like a really good experiment. And you know, I'm always up for a good experiment. So I started just for kicks. Um, And what I realized now, we'll get into my story a little bit later because it's not, it's not a, it doesn't have a happy ending or, or it's, it's a little bit rocky from time to time. But um, it was really interesting because I just, for the first month, I just ate whatever I wanted. And I mean, literally whatever I wanted. Um, and so I had ice cream and I did different rice and things like that because I wanted to see what spiked me and what didn't. And then I, about another month went by and I cleaned up my act and did what I normally do, which is mostly just meat and veggies, um, lots of fat, um, you know, the occasional snicky snack here and there. And my, uh, my levels went down by about 20 points, which is significant, as you'll learn. And my roller coaster looked like a baby roller coaster, not a... Uh, not a, um, uh, what are those really big, tall ones? (laughs) So anyway, everything leveled out with, um, with my typical diet. Um, I also did a plant-based diet at one point. Um, and I did that for about three weeks until I talked to my doctor and I was like, yeah, my, my CGM, you know, my, my glucose levels are going out of control with all these beans and things. And so I, I was slated to be on that plant-based program for a month and I quit a week early because it was not doing my, my body very well. So, um, so it's very, what I really like about the CGM is in with three, within three days, definitely within a day, but within three days, you can see a turnaround if you really just apply what you learned to that. So. Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take long. And, and, you know, like some of these shifts are, are not complicated. They're not complicated, but again, it's like anything until you see it, you don't actually know what's going on. And like the first time I did the CGM experiment, again, I'm not doing it because like Debbie, I was just kind of interested in it. Like what, what is working for my body and what, what doesn't work for my body. And holy cow, I had no idea coconut aminos and the sauna blanket did those things. Um, but the thing about it was, as I kept doing it here and there, I didn't have it on every, and you're like me, Debbie, you don't wear it every single month and you don't have to. And that's the other thing I wanted people to know. If you're not diabetic, three months is a good 
time frame to kind of see what works for you and what's changing, just like any exercise program or anything like that. Three months is a nice gauge. But what it did for me is I put it on in the spring and it kind of showed me that something was awry because things weren't working with the same type of eating. Things weren't working quite as well as they were before. And by what I mean by that is I was seeing really low glucose levels, like hyperglycemic-like numbers, and then I wasn't trying to be in ketosis. Sometimes in ketosis, you do get those, you know, a little bit lower uh, glucose, fasting glucose numbers, but I was getting really low ones overnight. And so the, the dips were bigger, meaning they were just more sharp and pronounced than they were before. And so I was like, something is amiss. And, you know, I will put it on again now that I've done some work to kind of rectify it, but was my first sign that something was going on. So that's the advantage of these trackers and everything everything else. What do you feel like, Debbie, was the biggest revelation for you besides the coconut aminos, the biggest revelations that you learned from this experiment? And that can even, you know, go into what you're doing now and what you've, you've had to adjust to go, going forward. Well, I have worn one off and on for the last, what, probably three years. Um, and my health has kind of taken a turn towards the worst worse instead of better. And it really pains me to say that out loud and in public because I'm a health coach. But I will be honest with you. I've been working with my doctor. We've done a few protocols on different things. We did a mold protocol. Um, I had a really bad EBV, uh, Epstein-Barr virus, which a lot of us have, but I had a really bad flare-up a couple years ago. And things, it's just been, I've been getting knocked around a little bit. Um, and it's super frustrating. Let me just say that right now. It's super frustrating. So I, you know, I probably wear my CGM for a couple of months and then I'll take it off for a couple of months. Then I put it on because I really want to know what's going on. And I recently had a conversation with my doctor who I love and adore. And he said to me the worst words I could ever hear, which were, well, let me, let me, rephrase it this way with my CGM I have not a lot of spikes because I feel like I have a fairly good diet um, and I don't have a lot of spikes but my my fasting glucose should be I would like to see it somewhere between 70 and 80 and it is consistently at 100 and my labs keep coming back I, I've gotten them down a bit but I'm still pre-diabetic I was actually up to 5.8, which 6 is diabetic. I was actually up to 5.8 at one point, and then I got that back down to 5.3, and my last labs came back, and I was 5.4, which, again, is very frustrating. Um, so my doctor and I, shout out to Dr. Rick, he said, what about, ready for the O word? What about Ozempic? And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. That feels like giving up. It feels like big pharma. It feels like I have no control. And and I'm just going to be super honest with this. And these were just my feelings. I was just like failure, like failure, failure, failure. I could almost cry right now talking about it. And we talked some more and he's like, look, you are the perfect candidate for this. Again, something I didn't want to hear. And he's like, you are trying everything. We have thrown everything at the wall. We're, you know, we're doing, we're doing all the things and we're not moving the needle. Plus my weight kept going up and for no, for no good reason. Um, 
he's like, we're just, it's just not working. So do you want to try it? And I said, let me, let me think about it. I said, go ahead and write me the prescription and let me think about it. And I will let you know if this is something I want to do. So needless to say, I went and dove into everything I could find out about Ozempic and really thought about it. And I am now on Ozempic. Um, I will say several things about Ozempic. Ozempic doesn't work unless you do. Um, I think it is an excellent medication for somebody who's just at the end of their rope and they can't seem to get things to turn around. I think it's, it's kind of like having a helping hand. So some of my, some of my numbers have gotten better and that's good. Um, I have lost some weight, which is always good for, um, you know, pre-diabetic situations. I think, um, I also do not think it's something that you should just take without having a lot of information. Um, it's not always pleasant. Sometimes I was just actually, I ate too much fiber about three days ago and you just don't eat a lot when you're on Ozempic, which is also, I, I find that hard to rectify because I know I'm trying to get in all the micronutrients and nutrients that I want to get in and you're just not hungry. Um, so that's, that's pretty tough. Stop me if I'm running too long here, Christy, but I know people, you know, are, are somewhat interested in this. Um, but I also don't think it's a cure-all. I think it is more of a helping hand. I, I, at this point, I've, I think I've been on it three months, four months. So very new to me. I'm sure I will have more information on that, um, down the road, but hopefully it will help turn the tide for me on, um, on my glucose regulation. And Christy and I had our own private conversation the other day about some things that are going on in my blood work. And I feel like there is something, uh, something sinister lurking that is more than just blood sugar. And I think whatever it is, it's probably the factor behind my insulin resistance. So, you know, you don't ever get to stop digging. Um, but in the meantime, hopefully this will help me stay the course um, instead of getting worse. So that was a really long way to say I'm on Ozempic and it's kind of working. <laughs> yeah. And no, and I think, I think your real time experience is very important. So I, I don't, I would never tell you that you're taking too long to describe that because I think it's important for people to hear exactly, you know, what you're saying. And mm -hmm. there are times where we do need the helping hand. Okay. Yeah. We all want to do things naturally at least most of us do. I do. Um, holistically, we most of us do. There are people that are using Ozempic to try to quote, quote unquote, they haven't tried everything. Right. And maybe they want to take the easy way out. Look, there are risks to anything. There's mm -hmm. risks when you take a supplement. There's there's risks. There's always a yes. risk in something and you have to weigh what's best for you in that moment, which can be really difficult if you don't have a good provider or health coach or somebody to kind of help guide you with your decision-making process. Right. I would say if you're, you know, the metabolic syndrome that we're kind of talking about and the signs of metabolic health, because look, you, you have to get healthy to lose weight, not lose weight to get healthy. Mm -hmm. So some signs that things might be awry and signs that you're the person that we're kind of talking to here. Mm -hmm. If your fasting glucose is continuously above a hundred, mm -hmm. like 
you need to do these things. You need to try to make these lifestyle shifts, which we're going to give you a couple of our favorite pointers in a, in a second, but a waistline of more than 35 inches for women and more than 40 inches for men. If your HDL cholesterol is less than 40, that's not good. You know, those are the things. If your triglycerides are high, which I see a lot on yeah, labs, is the triglycerides sugar. are through the roof. If you're dealing with high blood pressure, like all of these are signs that your metabolic health is not where it needs to be and that some of these things can definitely be rectified by lifestyle changes. But if you're like Debbie and you've tried all the things and you need a help in hand, mm -hmm. Dr. Rick, she has him in, he's in her corner. She can Dr. trust Rick. him. Right. You can, you have a provider you can trust and you can weigh this. You know, right. Debbie, what has Dr. Rick explained to you? Like, what are the goals and like how how long do you know if the Ozempic's working for you? And is there a time when, you know, he feels like you can come off it so that people kind of understand? And, and this works. long term, by the way, this might be different for everybody, right. but just maybe some insight from you, Debbie, as to what you and Dr. Rick might have discussed. Well, first of all, poor Dr. Rick, you know, he probably didn't want to ask me that any more than I wanted to hear it. So, so yeah, um, we I told him that I would try it for a year. Um, because the first, I've, well, let's see, have I been, maybe I've been on it five months, not three. Yeah. I've probably been on it five months. So the first mm, two or three months, I started the very, very lowest dose. And I told him I wanted to start as low as I could. And depending on what medication you get and depending on what, um, basically it's 0.25 to start. And that was Ozempic. Um, there's also, I think Wagovi, and this is just from my little, dig into researching. Um, Wagovi is like already at 1.0. And then I think there's another one that's at like 2.0. So I started at 0.25. And I stayed on that for as long as I could, because I didn't want, I don't, I don't want to be on Ozempic. Um, and so I did that. And then I titrated up to 0.5. And um, I am now at 0.75. So yeah, it's been, it's probably been yeah, I think it's been about five months. Um, and so I'm trying very hard not to go up. It's only when I can tell that I'm getting really hungry that I will titrate up. And I try to always stay there for two or two, at least two months. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try it for a year. And so I've got another, you know, seven months to go and just see what happens. Um, and I'm actively trying to do other things in the meantime to, I mean, if I'm getting this helping hand, why wouldn't I do everything in order to make sure that, that, you know, at the end of this experiment, for lack of a better word, I'm in a really good place. Because from what I understand, once you go off Ozempic or, you know, any of these semi-glutides, you know, your, your appetite comes back, which, and if it comes roaring back, that's going to be a problem. So I'm just really trying to do as little semi-glutide as, or ozempic as possible, just so that when I do come off of it, I'm going to come off of it very, very slowly. Um, but you know, if you're not, if you're not doing the right things, you're probably just like any quote unquote diet, You'll probably just end up gaining that weight back if you, you know, don't make changes while you can. So if you are on Ozempic or thinking about it, understand that 
that it's an accessory and that you still have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's what I would say. If someone is on it and you haven't looked at these lifestyle things, you know, you should because you do want to maintain this. No one, medications and supplements are like meant to be something that helps you, but not meant to be forever. Like I don't want to be on a lot of these supplements forever. I want to fix what's ailing and then sometimes it shifts, right? We change what's what problem shifts from one spot to another sometimes. You know, look, vitamin D, magnesium, we're all probably going to always be on vitamin D and right. magnesium knowing what we know. But like some of these other ones, you're hoping that you're not on these forever. And that's what this is. And if you're not doing the work like Debbie is or the research to go along with it, mm-hmm. that's where you could have, a, you don't want to be reliant on prescription meds. And, yep. you know, at the clinic, we have so many people that come to us and their goal is, I want to get off these meds. And like, we, you know, we don't take them off the meds, but they do the work. And usually then they go back to their doctor and say, hey, I'd like to go off the meds. So I would also say, make sure you ask questions. You know, when you are dealing with a provider with these, like, don't just take their word for it. Do your own research. Empower yourself with the knowledge of what does this mean when I do take this? You know, some natural ways to help appetite suppression Mm -hmm. that maybe if you haven't tried fasting, maybe you can try some fasting, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. Not the same window works for everybody, but there are natural things you can try, you know, first, but again, don't be afraid or think less of yourself because you, you needed a helping hand. I mean, Debbie's done her homework 10 times over on this and, you know, she's always in the trenches doing the work. And that's why, having her on here is, is really, really valuable for all of us because we're here, you're hearing our real time experience. Like we're not BSing you all that we're not on the front lines of all this ourselves. So from being on the front lines, Debbie, do you want to, um, give them, we already talked about a couple of resources, one being levels, you know, you can go to their website, levels writes great blogs. They have a great podcast. They have a a YouTube site. And then I know you'll want to talk about some of our favorite hacks from our friend, the glucose goddess. Right. Um, I really do like these. We, and empower, we have a platform, a community called empowered health. If you're not already in it, it's a free network and we have tons and tons of information about, uh, glucose regulation and, whatnot in metabolic health. But we did a uh, book club one month about the glucose got the glu- it's on she's on Instagram as the glucose goddess. Her name is Jesse in I, I don't know. How I, to say I it. can't say Shupe it. Or something like that. <laughs> um, and she couldn't be any cuter. Let me just tell you. But she is the book is the glucose revolution. Um, and, but you can follow her on Instagram. I think she's on, uh, Facebook if you're a Facebooker. Um, but it's an excellent read. I listened to it first on, on Audible or somebody, and then I went ahead and got the book, um, because I just wanted to see it in writing. And I think there's 10 or 12 hacks and, you know, do what you want with hacks, but um, hacks sometimes get you started and sometimes make a huge difference in your world. And I like to think of hacks more as little habits that you can, uh, small habits that you can do. Um, so anyway, she has a bunch that talk to you about regulating your glucose. Um, one of them, and she, she was very clever with them, one of them is put clothes on your carbs. And what that means is... Let's just say you're out to dinner and you want to have a piece of cake, okay? 
have your have your meal, have your steak, have your broccoli, et cetera, et cetera, and eat that at the end of your meal. So you've already put, so in essence, you've put clothes on the carbohydrate, the cake, so that it will not spike your blood sugar as much as if you just in the middle of the day decided, I'm going to have a piece of cake. That is going to really shoot up, whereas if you have it with a meal, it will blunt the glucose spike. Um, another one is um, how you eat your food. And so what she always says is to start do a veggie starter. And so that can be grab a couple pickles before you eat your sandwich, say, if you're eating bread. Um, or have a little, if you are going to be out to dinner, have a salad first and then eat your protein. But eat your, eat your greens first. Not that they're more important than protein, but just if you eat your greens, then eat your protein and then eat your carbohydrates. So if I go out to dinner and I've got a steak, a potato, and some broccoli, I'd eat my broccoli, then I would eat my steak, and then I would eat my baked or sweet potato. And that will blunt your blood sugar. Um, having a vinegar, I don't want, don't want to call it a chaser because that's after, but having some vinegar, um, before your meal with, and and you can't just shoot vinegar. I've tried it and you'll lose your teeth because it will rot the, um, not rot the enamel, but it's too hard on your teeth. So take some vinegar and put it in some water and just kind of shoot it. Or you, you know, anytime you get vegetables, pour some vinegar, pour vinegar anywhere you can. And a hot take is um, there is Wonderful Vinegars from the Acid League is the name of the company, and they're amazing. If you haven't tried those, oh, my God, they're so good. But any simple apple cider vinegar will do, um, and those are easy to come by. Uh, what else? What am I mi- There's a bunch. What am I missing off the top? Yeah, no, and I don't want. I don't want to give away. I don't want to steal yeah, all of her thunder. But you know, one of my favorites too is just moving after a meal. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's pretty simple and easy. Dance around in the kitchen, do mm-hmm. some dishes, take the dogs for a walk. Just moving for ten minutes, you know, after a meal. And I think one of the big things that we've all learned the hard way, in a glucose sense, is making your breakfast and your snacks savory, Mm -hmm. not sweet. So the snacks, like Debbie was saying, out free-flowing in the middle of the day or the breakfast out of the gate in the morning. Well, what what did we all get raised on? Pancakes, waffles, muffins, Mm -hmm. cereal, Pop-Tarts, like all of those are blood sugar death. So, you know, making (laughs) making sure that you have something savory um, for a breakfast. So it's, you know, some, it's, it's eggs with some veggies, put some greens on your plate, you know, have a steak and, for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> meal one, meal two, meal three. I don't eat super early in the morning. Cause I don't, you know, that's me. I just, I do do some, uh, fasting, you know, on a daily, daily basis. And so I don't even think about it as breakfast anymore. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do have eggs, but you know, not necessarily I've had a soup too. So, I think those are some little things that, you know, if you're older, you've been brought up on that you're having these sweet breakfasts all the time. And, you know, I did it when I was, I was like, gosh, how did I make it on these breakfasts that I would, even when I was in college, you know, and, and playing basketball, I was eating these crummy breakfasts that I don't know how I got fuel. So this, now we know a lot better, so we can, we can do a lot better, Mm -hmm. but 
you know, some of the tips are simple in her book. I feel like amazing. Look, she's not, she's not asking us to promote her book. No one's asking us Mm -mm. to do this. We're just giving you things that have helped us. I think her book is so simple to understand. And when you use that visual, she uses with a sink. Whereas when you're putting the greens in, you're actually laying Mm -hmm. a layer of protection. So things don't go flying down the drain. They have some cushion makes a lot of sense. So Throw on a CGM if you can for a little bit. Do this experiment. If you need help with it, you can you can always reach out to Debbie I, Debbie and I. And Debbie, you have um you have something coming down the pike that could also help with this that I know you and Hazel are working on that if you want to promote that, feel free. Sure. Um the gorgeous Hazel and I, also a member of the Empowered Health uh, community, we have a course coming out called Blueprint. Um, I guess you can figure out why we call it Blueprint, because it is for your whole life. It's not for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It's for your whole life. And um, we are working, I want to say diligently, but it's been the holidays, so we really haven't been. <laughs> but um, I, I think it'll probably be out very shortly. Um, and so that, that course will have an introductory um, offer on that. Um, but it is it has a lot of these principles and it is geared 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 towards fixing your metabolism and helping you uh, regulate blood sugar and uh, you know everything that we know to do and not to do we try to impart everything that we've learned and continue to learn yeah and let them know where they can find you again on instagram i'm gonna link everything and like i said debbie's been on the podcast before so if you haven't heard the other episodes but debbie just let them know where they can connect with you. I'll throw the link in for Empowered Health. As always, it's our free health network. We're all in there um, that you can you can all join without, you know, you don't, the course, some of the courses are paid, obviously, but there's a lot of free information there. But Debbie, let them know how else they can connect with you. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram at Motivate Me Love. And uh, I am on Facebook some, but um, we also have I'm also one of the originators of a Facebook group called the Fabulous After 50 Facebook group. Um, So you can always join there if that's something that interests you. Uh, I moderate probably about once a month or so. Um, But I'm always, you just have to tag me and and you can find me in there. Um, Let's see, where else? Empowered Health. That's probably most. Or you can just email me at letschat at motivateme.love website is motivateme.love um that's about it yeah and great and you if y'all want to hear more about fabulous after 50 with the facebook group because that's a phenomenon by itself you can go back (laughs) to episode eight and listen to my our good friend terry riley talk about that debbie and terry were were springboards for that group to be created and it's what are we up to now? 12, 13,000? 12 I don't even 13, know. It was 12,000. Well, it's coming Holy up on cow. January. So who knows? It'll probably be 14 by the time you post yep. this. Yep. But yeah. So we, we yep. do have a lot and we help a lot of folks. Uh, I'll just, we help a lot of folks with a um, elimination protocol, um, typically in January and September. But we also try to uh, teach them the beyond part. And that is what you do the rest of your 315 days that you're not on an elimination protocol. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. There's a lot of great free resources out there for everyone that will always offer up to you, you know, always going to try to help as many people as we can. And Debbie, I know you'll be back. God knows what we'll talk about next. We've got a long well, list. Probably long LPA. List. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
will probably be some of that in there. But if again, if you if you if you are thinking about any of the things that we said that fit you, just know there is a way, and that there is someone out there that can help you with this, and you're not alone in this. And reach out to any one of us. And until then, Debbie, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, love you, babe. Now that you've been inspired, here's my call to action for you. Take a moment to reflect on the insights and wisdom shared. The most important thing to know is that you have a say in your metabolic health and many times simple lifestyle changes can quickly turn the tide for the better. I'm gonna take the time right now to give you an option if you're looking to improve your metabolic health. If you heard some things that resonated with you and you know that this is an issue for you, you know that it's way more than calories in and calories out these days as we outlined in the episode. There are seemingly endless factors affecting your inability to lose weight, such as underlying metabolic hormone imbalances, ongoing stress, and chronic inflammation, and that's just naming a few. Many of you know I am fortunate to work for one of the world's leading functional medicine experts, Dr. Will Cole. And get this, Dr. Cole has designed a program to help with all of this. It's called the Metabolic Recharge. The Metabolic Recharge is more than a diet. It's a lifestyle. But by focusing on healing your body, the Metabolic Recharge will help reset your body's innate ability to lose weight and keep it off for good. I'm going to include a link for the program down in the show notes in case you are interested. I'm always up for talking about the Metabolic Recharge program or my experience with glucose monitoring or really anything else. I'm loving the feedback you all are giving me and the conversations on social media. If you haven't checked out the last episode with Jason Kuhn, please do so. You all gave me such great feedback. Jason is a wonderful guy doing amazing things for so many. Feel free to continue to connect on social media and let me know more about what resonated with you or maybe there's a guest you want to see. Reach out on Instagram at Whole Health Christie. You can also get the full show notes for this and all of my episodes on my website, christyhugic.com slash podcast. Next, spread the inspiration, like, follow, and if you can take a time to leave a review, please do. It helps us get the information out to more people. Please share this podcast with others who may benefit from these stories and stay tuned for the next episode of Ripple Effect Connection. Let's create waves of change together.